Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast from NBC Sports Edge. This is our MLB Power Rankings show where we will break down my weekly Power Rankings column that goes up on NBC Sports Edge every Tuesday. We're recording this on Monday night, what is it, April 25th. Uh, Just for context, as we talk about wins and losses and stats and whatnot, it's my little brother Luke's birthday too. Uh, April 25th. So shout out to Luke. I'm Drew Silva. Joining me here and every week throughout the season is my co-host Janice Scurrio. Welcome in Janice. Uh, Now into the third week of the regular season, essentially. Uh, Is there anything specific that you're looking forward to in in this next slate of games? Yeah, absolutely. Besides uh, a distraction from all of the recent pain I have suffered as a White Sox fan, uh, which we'll probably get into in a little bit, I'm really looking forward to watching uh, Max Fried pitch tomorrow. Uh, The Braves are going to take on uh, the Chicago Cubs to open a three-game set on Tuesday. Uh, So Max Fried did did very well in his last start against the Dodgers. Looked very great. Uh, Actually, uh, went about uh, six innings, or was it seven innings, Uh, just uh, of pitching perfect baseball. Uh, before giving up a single. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that performance was pretty fun to watch. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him take the hill again. He's uh, going up against Marcus Stroman, uh, who has struggled a little bit in his first couple of starts for the Cubs, uh, but hopefully he can also turn things around and that can be a fun, fun pitching matchup to watch. Debuting uh, my White Sox hat tonight for people that get this on our, our YouTube feed or, or on NBC Sports Edge website. Uh, a friend of mine, Chris Ranji, are you familiar with him, like from Twitter? I am, yes. Yeah, it's like a, a Chicago radio guy for a while. Now he's working in St. Louis, but we've begun to hung out, hang out a bit. And uh, I told him I would wear a White Sox hat if he got me one. And he found me a, a low crown 5950, which is pretty sweet. Um, so, yeah, that's that's into my heavy rotation. It's It's a weird week to debut that. We'll get into the White Sox here in a bit. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Before we get started, a little promo note. The 2022 MLB season is underway, and NBC Sports Edge is giving our listeners a special offer. Get 22% off an annual Edge Plus subscription when you use promo code BASES22. Get expert insight and access to tools that will give you an edge against your competition at one low price. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash edge. Use promo code BASES22 at checkout to save big this season. And I think that promo code expires at the end of April. So uh, get in where you fit in. All right. We'll jump into these power rankings. If you're familiar with the show or not, we'll do a deep dive on each of the teams in the top five and then discuss the three biggest risers and the three biggest fallers from the previous week to the current week. If you want rankings and observations on all 30 clubs, check out the full power rankings column on Tuesday. It usually goes up late morning, early afternoon, depending on how long it takes me to actually write the whole thing. All right, start us out, Janice, with who we have at number one overall this week. Number one overall are the L.A. Dodgers. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10, uh, currently the best record in baseball. They're 11-4. and four. That's a 733 win percentage for you math heads. But Cody Bellinger is looking very 2019-ish lately. Uh, he was definitely uh, touted to have a bounce-back season. Looks like that's been happening so far. Uh, just hit this monster home run off Sean Manaya yesterday, a 405-footer, actually. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, hit another home run uh, in the fourth inning yesterday, 412 feet uh, to center field. So the Dodgers ended up winning that game 8-1. to one, uh, But, uh, yeah, Bellinger's got four home runs and three stolen bases. Over 55 at-bats so far this year. So he's looking quite fantastic. It does feel like forever ago that the Dodgers lost two of three in their season opening series at Colorado's Coors Field. Since then, they've won 10 of their last 12 games, eight of their last 10, as you said, including a 10-2 route of the division rival Padres on Sunday, uh, in which Freddie Freeman hit his third home run of the season, his third home run of the week. Uh, Cody Bellinger, as you mentioned, had two home runs in that game, up to four now on the year to go along with a 9-15 OPS. And Man, if if Bellinger is back to form, this lineup really might be one of the best we've ever seen. Clayton Kershaw on Sunday improved to 3-0 through three starts, a 2.56 ERA, 0.59 whip, 23 strikeouts, no walks through 17 innings. Blake Trinan did go on the injured list over the weekend with right shoulder discomfort, uh, joining Andrew Haney there with the very same issue, both of those guys dealing with shoulder issues. Those are two significant losses. Trinan's a very reliable setup man when healthy, can be a closer. Um, Haney off to a a great start in the rotation. 
but the Dodgers have the depth to survive missing or even lost parts. And at least with Haney, this sounds like it's going to be a short-term absence. That's the hope at least. Uh, so yeah, LA is cooking number one in my rankings for the second strike week with a couple of breezy looking three game series coming up at Arizona and then hosting the Tigers. So I, I think they're just going to keep rolling right along. Mm, that pitching staff is going to love Arizona. Oh, yeah. Number two, the Toronto Blue Jays. So they just wrapped up a 4-2 road trip. Uh, a 10-game homestand uh, begins today, actually. Uh, they were the first team in the AL to reach 10 wins this season. Um, so a lot of talk is happening if uh, Jordan Romano is one of the best closers in baseball. So he's got eight saves. Uh, he did blow a save yesterday versus the Astros, but he does not allow homers often, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, the Blue Jays fell in walk-off fashion to the Astros on Sunday in Houston, but they won the first two games of that three-game weekend set and have yet to lose a series this season. Took two of three from the Rangers, A's, Red Sox, and Astros. Split a four-game set with the Yankees earlier this season. Uh, so the Jays, the Jays don't have the second-best record in baseball, but they're getting the job done overall, and they're going to be my number two team for a second straight week. Kevin Gosman is off to a terrific, terrific start uh, after signing that five-year, $110 million pre-lockout contract with Toronto in free agency. He pitched eight innings of one-run ball last Thursday in Boston, has a 0.73 FIP fielding independent pitching, uh, kind of an ERA metric with, with 22 strikeouts and zero walks through 18 and two-third total frames to begin the year. Gosman will pitch next on Tuesday against the visiting Red Sox. That's the second game of that four-game series in which some Boston players will be missing due to being unvaccinated. Uh, that, that lack of change in COVID policy from the Canadian government provides the Jays with a significant advantage out of the gate, um, and there's no word as, as to when it's going to flip. Teoscar Hernandez resumed hitting. Uh, this weekend, he's on the IL with an oblique strain, but could potentially be ready to rock in early May, which would be a pretty short absence for an oblique strain. And, and that'll be a big boost to the offense when he returns. Danny Jansen and Hunjin Ryu are making progress with their re respective rehabs as well. And I'll, I'll go ahead and say with a lot of certainty that the Boba Shed is going to get rolling here soon. His slow st start has hurt a lot of my Fantasy teams, I loved grabbing Bichette anytime I was picking in the middle to later portion of the first round. I'm, I'm not worried about him one bit. And actually, just before we hopped on, he did hit a grand slam against the Red Sox. Uh, and the yeah. Blue Jays wound up winning that game 6-2, to two, uh, so they improved to 11-6 and six on the year. You can find all, all the details about that game in, in the column that goes up on Tuesday. There you go. Good job nabbing Bo Bichette then. Thank you. <laughs> At number three, the New York Mets. Uh, so the Mets have won each of their first five series. Um, so they have the most wins of any team in baseball right now. They've got a pretty a commanding four-game lead in the NL East. Um, so uh, Francisco Lindor is still swinging a hot bat. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he's slashing 313, 408, 563, four home runs and three steals. Uh Something interesting to point out, it took Lindor 45 games to hit four home runs last year. And so this year he's done it in 15 games. So it's pretty safe to say that he's back. The Mets took three of four from the Giants to begin last week's schedule and then won two of three against the Diamondbacks over the weekend. So yeah, a 12 and five record 
entering Monday night series opener at St. Louis with Max Scherzer on the mound. That, that game's already well underway. Uh, let me check. Uh, 2-0 St. Louis. They took the lead after Scherzer left. Took the lead in the, in the eighth, so that's cool. Um, but, yeah, where, where was I? Even without Jacob deGrom, that, that starting rotation currently has a 2.46 ERA, not including, including Scherzer's seven scoreless innings from Monday night. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is looking like vintage Carlos Carrasco or even better, actually, a 1.47 ERA, 0.60 whip, 20 to 2 K to walk ratio through 18 and a third innings, three starts this season for Carrasco. One of the very, very best values in fantasy drafts so far this season. He had an average draft position of 250 this spring on Yahoo. That's Carlos Carrasco. Uh, Chris Bassett, Tyler McGill, David Peterson have all been sharp. Uh, as starters for the Mets too. And and then with DeGrom, there could be some encouraging news there soon. He was scheduled for a follow-up MRI on his right shoulder on Monday afternoon. Uh, No word as of yet to what that showed. He'll go in for a follow-up CT scan this Friday. And if both of those imaging tests reveal ample healing for the stress reaction in his right scapula and his shoulder, DeGrom will be cleared to resume throwing again. Um, and if there are no setbacks along the way, maybe he can join the rotation in like late May or early June, which would obviously be massive for, for a team that's already pitching incredibly out of the gate. Um, on the offensive side, you mentioned Francisco Lindor. He's batting 313 with a 970 OPS. Brandon Nimmo at 302 with a 947 OPS. Pete Alonso is averaging about an RBI per game. Jeff McNeil showing signs of a bounce back. Eduardo Escobar, Mark Canna, both proving to be good pickups for New York. I I got some flack for putting the Mets in my top five to begin the year. I had them at number five, actually, prior to opening day. But uh, the other sites, the two power rankings, have have vaulted this team up into that area now. And I don't know, vindication or like, is is it still too early to tell? I don't know. Uh, We don't do victory laps on this show. Not, Not in April, anyway. (laughs) We'll reserve them for the first week of May. Uh, At number four, the Milwaukee Brewers. So regardless of your opinions of Angel Hernandez, uh, what a great 13 strikeout performance from Eric Lauer on Sunday. His fastball was especially terrific, a 36% CSW that's called strikes plus whiffs. 11 whiffs total, uh, 18 specifically on the fastball and 18 called strikes. Uh, So a fun Brewers uh, franchise fact, he has tied Teddy Higuera for the most in in a game uh, by a lefty in franchise history. So they locked in the series win versus the Phillies. And now they're in first place in the NL central. Yeah. Back into the top five after dropping down to the seventh spot last week, the Brewers have won six of their last seven games against the Cardinals pirates. And then the Phillies. Yeah. I mean, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff and, and Freddie Peralta draw most of the headlines out of that Brewers pitching staff. But, Lauer is definitely making a name for himself, too. You kind of stole all my notes there. Struck out 13 batters over six scoreless on Sunday against Philadelphia. Um, Lauer's the first Brewers pitcher not named Corbin Burns to put up 13-plus strikeouts in a game since Freddie Peralta had 13 strikeouts in his MLB debut on May 13th, 2018. Um, And this isn't just like a, a small, sudden sample size emergence for Lauer. He has a 2.23 ERA 
with 99 strikeouts over his last 97 innings, dating back to June 7th, June 27th of last year. Um, so the Brewers' three-headed rotation monster might now be a four-headed rotation yeah. monster, um, yeah, which is bad news for the rest of the NL Central and maybe the rest of the National League. That's a very dangerous postseason team if those four can stay healthy. Uh, but again, it's April. We've got a long way to go. Uh, one other note on the Brewers, Luis Urias has already played two minor league rehab games, and he figures to be activated from the injured list around the end of this week, maybe over the weekend. Urias enjoyed a mini breakout in 2021 with a 789 OPS, 23 homers, 75 RBIs, 77 runs scored in 150 games. A former top prospect, still only 24 years old. He does turn 25 soon, but yeah, getting Urias in the lineup could be a big help overall offensively and defensively. Number five, the New York Yankees. They pulled off a weekend sweep of the Guardians, uh, and after stumbling in his first three starts, uh, Garrett Cole did especially well versus Cleveland yesterday. Went six and two-thirds scoreless innings, uh, struck out nine. Uh, DJ LeMahieu also had a pretty big day at the plate as well. He went three for four, three RBIs, and a two-home run, a two-two-run home run in the sixth inning. I think Yankees fans were very down on this team this time last week. And you never hear that, do you? No, um, not at all. Yeah, but then uh, the Yankees go out and they, they take two of three at Detroit. They sweep a three game weekend series against the visiting guardians. Sunday's game was just a party, a 10 to two party. Anthony Rizzo belted his fifth home run of the year already. I know Yankees fans wanted an upgrade at first base, but Rizzo has proven to be, a uh, very good fit so far this season and dating back to when they acquired him via trade last season. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, like you said, had a homer and a double. Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres, Joey Gallo all doubled. Rizzo actually got in on, on the doubles fun on Sunday too. Yeah, and I think the most encouraging thing from Sunday was that Garrett Cole looked back to his old self, the nine strikeouts, one walk. Only four hits allowed in those six and two-thirds scoreless innings. His season ERA dropped from 6.35 to 4.00, and I'm sure it'll be down into the threes and possibly the twos uh, soon enough. Nestor Cortez uh, worked Saturday's game against the Guardians and, and continued his great start to the year. The 27-year-old the lefty has a 1.15 ERA and 23 strikeouts through 15 and two-thirds innings three starts, a 0.64 whip for Cortez, too. That's now a 2.65 ERA and 128 strikeouts in 108 innings for Cortez since the beginning of the 2021 season. Tied right now with the Blue Jays for the best record in the American League East. I guess the Blue Jays just did finish off, off that victory over the Red Sox, so a little bit behind the Blue Jays. But, yeah, I'd say that's an accomplishment given how high everybody has been on Toronto uh, yeah, the Yankees move into my top five, up from number eight last week. Let's move on to your big risers of the week. So at number 12, climbing up three spots from 15, the Seattle Mariners. So uh, the fun differential is certainly back. Uh, the Mariners are eight and two in their last 10. They swept the Royals. Uh, so uh, Jesse Winker's post-game comments yesterday uh, were pretty great. Uh, he said the Mariners are a fun team with a great clubhouse atmosphere. Uh, I, I think that's a, a pretty pretty broad but still uh, evident statement right there. Uh, Ty France has been especially red hot, has named been named AL Co-Player of the Week, and he currently leads all of baseball in hits, 
second in the AL in home runs, RBI, and average in OPS, and on base percentage too. Yep. Yeah, in their quest to end a, a 20-year postseason drought, the longest such drought in North American sports, the Mariners are currently tied for the best record in the American League at 10-6. and six. Uh, Again, this is going into Monday evening's action. I, I realize the Blue Jays just won again. Uh, but, they, yeah, they hold the best run differential of any American League team, the Mariners do, at plus 18. So, mm. yeah, the, the fun differential thing from last year was sort of mocking that run differential measurement because – Last year's Mariners team won a lot of close and even extra inning games, but I don't know. Now that they sit atop of of the AL leaderboard in run differential, I guess it's like the actually fun run <laughs> differential. Uh, we can workshop that. We'll check back on that next week. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, Ty France named Co AL Player of the Week with Miguel Cabrera. More of a ceremonious nod for Miggy, who recorded his three thousandth career hit on Saturday. Uh, but for France, he went all the way off last week, 13 for 26 with three home runs and 10 RBIs in a span of six games against the Rangers and Royals. The Mariners won five of those six games and have won six of their last eight since last Thursday. And France, for the season, you listed some of the stats, but yeah, batting 375 with an 11-16 OPS, five home runs, 19 RBIs through 16 games, and the MLB leading overall hit total of 24 not bad for a guy who had a 160.8 average draft position this spring on Yahoo. Uh, Seattle's up to, to number 12 for me this week, and I think knocking on the door to crack the top 10, I think they're that good. Woo. Ooh. Numbers are fun, and we, yeah, fun our, fun our number weight. Maybe we need to workshop that as We're well. We're going to workshop a lot of things. It's okay. <laughs> At number 14, and climbing up two spots, the Los Angeles Angels. So uh, since going uh, 0-9 uh, in the first series, Joe Adele is now batting 300 with three home runs, including one grand slam. He still does strike out a lot and can really improve that walk rate, however. Uh, Shohei Otani is doing Shohei Otani things. But overall, uh, the Angels are 6-4 and in their last 10. The Angels did lose 2-3 of three to the Orioles over the weekend, so this probably... Looks strange that they would be on the rise, but they took two of three from the Astros before that, and they've won eight of their last 12, looking back even further. Uh, sitting two games above 500, entering Monday night's series opener against the visiting Guardians. And the biggest positive recent development in Anaheim is that Mike Trout was able to return to the lineup on Friday after missing much of last week with a bruise on the top of his left hand. He got hit by a pitch last Sunday in Texas. Trout then set an Angels record with a two-homer game this past Saturday. It was Trout's first multi-homer game since August 10th, 2020 against the A's. It gave him 21 multi-homer games for his career, which broke a tie with Vladimir Guerrero Sr. and Tim Salmon for the most multi-homer performances in Angels franchise history. Um, he's just – anytime he's healthy, he's, he's setting milestones. Um, Anthony Rendon has been healthy. Shohei Otani doing his thing. Noah Syndergaard looking really sharp out of the gate. I, I know the, the strikeout rate hasn't been, been there, but the ERA looks to be vintage Syndergaard form. A lot to like right now for, for the Halos. I still don't quite understand what they're doing with the middle infield, like Andrew Velasquez as the starting shortstop, uh, Tyler Wade, Matt Duffy, Jack Mayfield kind of cycling into the middle infield around second base. That's a pretty underwhelming group of middle infielders, but I guess you don't 
necessarily need superstars everywhere. <laughs> All right. Uh, so your last big riser of the week, uh, your risers, this is very uh, AL West heavy. Uh, so you've got the Oakland A's at uh, 22 climbing up two spots. So they did have a series win over the Orioles. Uh, and they won uh, two nothing over the Rangers before the Bay Bridge series starts uh, this week. Uh, so uh, yeah, kind of curious as to what your your methodology is here. Uh, one one of my biggest risers for the second straight week, actually. Yeah. And I was very down on the A's coming into the year, and I remain down Everyone on them. Was. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I think this is this is going to steer in a bad direction soon, but. Um, I very much liked playing the under on their betting win total of 71 and a half or even 70 and a half, depending on what it was, where you could find it. But yeah, they're a game above 500 entering Tuesday's series opener at San Francisco, having won four of seven last week against the Orioles and Rangers. Uh, Frankie Montas doing his Frankie Montas thing. I know you've been eyeing him as a White Sox fan, Janice. I guess I'm eyeing him too now that I'm I'm wearing a White Sox hat. Yes. Welcome aboard. Yes. <laughs> yeah, welcome. You, you now want Frankie Montas on your baseball team. Well, I want him on the Cardinals too, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, Paul Blackburn, Dalton Jeffries, Cole Irvin, all, all pitching well out of the A's rotation so far. Danny Jimenez has three saves. I don't think he was on the fantasy radar at all to begin the year, but he certainly is now. Uh, Steven Piscotti's off to a good start offensively. Sean Murphy, Sheldon Nuze, uh, too. I, I think this is. I don't think I, I pronounced Sheldon Sheldon Noisy. Yeah, yes, Noisy. Noisy, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I spell it out. I spell the word word out Noisy, so I remember. Yeah, I I, sh- I should know that by now. Um, but yeah, I again, I I think this this ship is gonna steer into treacherous waters soon. The the A's are not done trading parts. Montas, most notably, um, they're gonna try to get his money off the books at some point. Piscotti could definitely be moved too. Uh, I think Sean Murphy could be moved too, a guy who's hit well out of the gate. But yeah, for now, some some encouraging things happening with this sort of patchwork Oakland roster. Right. So uh, as opposed to, uh, yes, things that are going well, uh, let's move on to things that are definitely not going well, your mm-hmm. big fallers of the week. So at number eight, the Atlanta Braves falling three spots. Uh, so another series loss for the Braves, this time to the Miami Marlins. So interestingly enough, the Braves haven't won any of their first five series. Uh, so how badly did the Braves need Acuna back? They, they need him back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the reigning World Series champs, like you mentioned, have not won a series yet this year, and we can run it down. They they split a four-game set with the Reds to open things up, then dropped two of three to the Nationals, split four out in San Diego, dropped two of three at the Dodgers, and then just lost two of three to the Marlins over the weekend, which, yeah, it all leads me to believe that Ronald Acuna Jr. is, is going to be activated well before the reported May 6th target date for his season debut. Um, Acuna began a minor league rehab assignment last Tuesday at AAA Gwinnett. He's batting 357 with a 979 OPS through 20 plate appearances there. Uh, already has three steals and five AAA rehab games. If, if you're thinking that the torn ACL in his knee is still at all an issue, it, it's not. Um, I just don't see the point in having Acuna take 40 more plate appearances in the minors or, or whatever that would come out to if he were to spend two more weeks there. Um, if the Braves were, you know, cruising along and, and they wanted Acuna to have like a full spring training buildup, 
that's a different story, but they're not cruising along. And Acuna has really been doing all baseball activities since he arrived at camp in mid-March. Not that the offense is like really the biggest issue right now for Atlanta, more about depth problems and the, and the bottom part of the lineup and, and some uneven pitching. Uh, but Acuna would be a spark plug for all aspects uh, as this team tries to to fight out of an early rut. I wouldn't be surprised if that activation date gets bumped up to, I don't know, this weekend. Like Maybe he joins the Braves for their road trip to Arlington, Texas over the weekend or meets them in Queens early next week for what's going to be a big four-game series against the division rival Mets. Yeah, that would probably make the most sense, like having Acuna ready to roll for those city field games. Don't be shocked if that happens. Right. Drew Stajamas, you have heard it here that uh, he may show up. He may show up in New York. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to your next big faller. Uh, so I actually originally lobbied for you to uh, list this team at number 30. I am so mad at them right now. Uh, it is the none other than the Chicago White Sox. Uh, they, they were in the top five last week and oh, have the mighty have fallen. Uh, so seven straight losses, a very winless, just gut-punching road trip, a very well-deserved drop in rankings. Uh, so where do I begin? Uh, everyone kind of sucks. Uh, Eloy, <laughs> uh, Eloy Jimenez is hurt again, uh, but it's not like his bat was very hot before we before he went down. Uh, and before I answer for f- more of Tony LaRusse's crimes against humanity, uh, I believe that Liam Hendricks is tipping pitches uh, once again. Uh, Dallas Keuchel still exists, um, but <laughs> there are still many problems that this team has. So definitely, we need cleaner defense healthier starting pitchers. The bullpen needs to meet expectations, but that's solvable over the course of time. But a really big problem the White Sox have right now is they can't seem to hit right-handed pitching, which uh, is most of the league. Uh, They carry a 66 weighted runs created plus, which is 29th in Major League Baseball. Uh, They were 6-3 and last Monday, uh, and now they are 2-7 and versus the AL Central. So... Uh, yeah, I am a little bit worried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a six-spot drop in my power rankings, especially like at the in the top half of the power rankings, is really significant in April. And I wouldn't normally do that, but man, yeah, about as miserable of of a road trip as a team can have. A team of this caliber getting swept by the Guardians, then swept by the Twins, two division rivals. They also lost their series finale against the Rays last Sunday, so the seven-game losing streak, as you mentioned. And, yeah, the biggest dose of bad news amid all of that was the Eloy Jimenez injury. Uh, suffered a severe right hamstring strain on, on Saturday at Minnesota, stumbled across the first base bag and just went down in a heap. The projected timeline right now is six to eight weeks, so the remainder of April – all of May uh, and probably at least half of June is a likely recovery period unless he can actually get back in six weeks. Um, yeah, let's stay positive, though, with with my new White Sox <laughs> lid on. Uh, Andrew Vaughn is actually going to probably uh, field uh, for Eloy in the time being, and he's hitting well, so yeah. there's a positive. I don't hate that. Um, yeah, and, and they return now to, to the south side of Chicago for a seven-game homestand beginning on Tuesday against the visiting Royals, and then they welcome in the Angels for four games. So, 
you know, some winnable games within there. And I'm, I'm looking for a quick turnaround. Lucas Giolito uh, returned from the injured list on Sunday and was really sharp. Nine strikeouts and four innings of one run ball against the Twins. Uh, Giolito wound up missing just a little over two weeks with that abdominal strain that he suffered on opening day. Uh, would have liked to have seen him gone a, a little bit longer in that start, but I get why they're being a little cautious. Uh, Lance Lynn's throwing on flat ground, possibly advancing to mound work pretty soon as he recovers from surgery to repair a, ter- a tendon tear near his right knee. Uh, Lynn could probably get back around late May, uh, early June. I think it's going to be okay, Janice. I, I think we're all going to be okay. You know how the, the flow of the baseball season works. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, but like any baseball fan, I can only see one foot ahead of, of myself. I understand. I understand that, too. <laughs> All right. Your last big faller of the week. I'm OK, by the way. I, I am definitely now that that is all off my chest. I, I feel much better. This is uh, therapy. Therapy session. Indeed. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies falling four spots from 12 to 16. So, uh, yeah, Kyle Schwarber's uh, just lively performance yesterday. Uh, he was very visibly frustrated uh, in that shutout loss to Milwaukee. Uh, but, yeah, definitely uh the Phillies are now six and ten. It is their worst start since 2015 when they started five eleven. Uh, so, and that team lost 99 games. Uh, mm-hmm. So, what is going on with the Phillies? Well, it's kind of the same story that it, it's been the last handful of years. I, I honestly have trouble coming up with different angles on the Phillies when I do my weekly write up on them for this column because it feels like there's never anything new to say. Like the top end talent. <laughs> on that roster is great, but depth remains a primary concern and they kind of hover right around the 500 mark because of that. So yeah, here's a note. The Phillies have already matched their season low mark from 2021 by being four games under 500. Um, They haven't been five games under 500 since August 22nd, 2020. We'll see how Monday's series opener against the Rockies shakes out and see if they do reach that five games on oh they won eight to two so yeah now they're now they're only three games under 500 um bryson stott was optioned to triple a lehigh valley on monday afternoon stott made the phillies roster their opening day roster after posting a 419 batting average and 1094 ops over 37 plate appearances this spring in the grapefruit league um and i was i thought adding him to the mix would help the defensive issues uh but he just like never really got it going offensively just four hits only one extra base hit over his first 31 plate appearances as a major leaguer 10 strikeouts one walk in those 31 plate appearances for Stott um, clearly needs more minor league seasoning Roman Quinn took Stott's place on the 20 and 28 man roster Quinn's a guy who's you know former top prospect who's had a ton of chances and, and can never really figure it out so yeah, to me, a lot of the same issues that have held this team back. And then you have Zach Wheeler struggling and Ranger Suarez looking more mediocre than than last year's numbers would suggest. And it's just not a great recipe for success. Um, but, hey, they can get it going again. And you know, they have the thunder in the lineup and and a pretty good top end of the rotation if, if they're all pitching to expectations. Um, so the Phillies dropped down to 16th for me right now, but I, I think they can get back up into the top 15 and, and possibly the top 10 as the year rolls along. 
All right, that'll that'll do it for this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the Power Rankings column. It goes up every Tuesday on NBC Sports Edge. Rankings observations on all 30 teams. Rate and review the Circling the Bases podcast. We love five stars, but any feedback is welcome. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Janice is at Scuriosa. And peace out. Peace out. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.